Kevin. Ben. How are we doing today? I'm great. We're here for the hypies. I am ready to go. Could would we, you say that you are hyped? I, I wouldn't say I'm that hyped, given that my fantasy season has effectively been over for like two months. <laughs> but I'm as hyped as I could possibly be for this specific podcast. But Evan, it's not about you. It's about the hypies. It's about the people. Yeah. Right? It's about assigning credit where it is due and assigning blame to everyone. So... I'm excited. Yeah, um, the key here is we're going to try to strike a balance between um, genuinely commending good choices and good efforts while also ripping people that did dumb shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so for each of the categories, we've got a lot of categories this year. It's like 15 awards or something. Uh, And so for each of those, me and Ben have both picked from our nominee list uh, the person we think should win. We're, you know, we're going to discuss our nominees for each of them and then uh, talk about, argue about who uh, we think should win each award. Yeah, because I am a marketing savant who attended the prestigious Carlson School of Management, in an effort to avoid groupthink, Evan and I picked, we had a, we had a shared Google Doc for the nominees, but we picked our winners separately so that if we pick the same one, you know it's legit. And if we pick different ones, we'll spend like two seconds... Uh, coming to a consensus. We're just going to arm wrestle for each of them. And whoever wins the arm wrestling match will uh, get their preferred award pick. Uh, do we want to dive right in then, Ben? How many, how many categories did you say there were? Well, they... Cause, <laughs> shout out to Google Docs for the numbering not working. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, 15. Exactly. Got it right. Okay. Before, you, before anyone asks, no, not everyone gets an award. That is definitely uh, true. We're not we're not a participation we, trophy. Podcast. We did not we did not shoehorn every team. <laughs> that would be very hard. <laughs> like looking at like Nick's lineup and being like, who? What award is this going to? If I'm being totally honest, though, me, everyone might get an award. I'm not sure. That I might be I, true. I, I'm not even. I'm not. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't care to check to see. Yeah, we'll have to look it up after we uh, assign. Also, the this is just a quick aside. My hot take is that participation trophies that whole that whole shtick gets way overblown. Yeah. Uh, participation trophies, they're, they're fine. Like, like uh, I have a shit ton of participation trophies and from, like, in-house soccer and stuff. And, and, and when I was in, like, fucking, like, fifth grade and my team, like, won five games and lost six, <laughs> I, and, and my coach, like, gave me this trophy, I did not have delusions of grandeur that, like, I had the best team. Like, it was just this, like, memento to, like, remember the season by. And it said, yeah. you know, like, spring 2006. And I, it just, was, remember, you know, I like, just remember when I was a kid, uh, you, you had your participation trophies. And you didn't care that much about those. But then you had the separate championship trophies if you were on, like, a winning team. And they were bigger. Yeah. And so I think the existence of smaller participation trophies actually reinforced the thing where winning is better because you just look at the two items and you were like well this championship one's a lot better yeah (laughs) it's like literally the same trophy but it's just on a higher pedestal yeah that's funny um all right uh, before before we get into it uh because we're not going to want to do this at the end because we're going to be tired yeah i just have a couple of quick hitters three hours into this podcast i just have i just have a couple of quick hitters uh first first hitter i've wanted to mention this but our league is soft about having a punishment right and we'll talk about this at owner's meeting i just kind of want to wet i kind of want to wet the beak a little bit owner's meeting saturday seven thirty central Ooh, very good plug be there uh zoom virtual zoom for yeah. okay will there, will there be a discord i don't know what that means okay uh anyway will has this good idea in college league about he's trying to rally votes for our league punishment in that league to be 
uh, like once there are like sporting events that you can attend again, whoever loses in college league needs to at a like big sporting event do uh the bucket drumming thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Get like get like three or four like Home Depot buckets, <laughs> and and have like a, a hat sitting on the ground and like panhandle and just be like awful at bucket drumming, <laughs> and you have to do it for like an hour. Uh, that's rough. That's rough. But I just I thought that was pretty hysterical, so I wanted to I wanted to mention it. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, my second thing, my sec my second and last housekeeping, is my I I have a proposal for owners meeting i i did this so i'm owner i'm commissioner in hockey house Mm -hmm. and uh because i know tony won't listen to this i like so tony got third in hockey house which would have netted him money back which is 25 our friend ethan got second which nets him 50 Uh neither of them pay attention so i so i didn't pay either of them (laughs) (laughs) so but if it if it turns if if it turns out that like either of them notice either now or when we start the season next year. And they're like, wait, didn't I? Because, like, even though we say, like, oh, first gets this much, second gets second gets this much, third gets this much, mm-hmm. I still don't think they're going to put two and two together that they, like, got second or third, like, mm-hmm. eight months earlier. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I took the, that $75 and I bought a fractional share of Tesla stock. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's already gone up, like, seven percent in the last like two weeks and so that's like four or five dollars so my proposal is evan and especially once we up the ante on the uh on this on this buy-in evan takes this money puts it into an index fund etf uh and then over the course of these like four months it will grow like a substantial amount. Mm. And then even if you sell it, like short-term capital gains tax is kind of rough, but Evan is poor. So you're in the, cause you're like an intern, right? Theoretically. Congrats, by the way. Do you want to tell the people about your thing? Yeah, I'll be uh, working for the Atlanta Braves as an intern at R&D starting on February 1. So remote for the first little while until we all get vaccinated, and then uh, hopefully we move into Atlanta in the summer at some point. So that's the deal. Yeah, shout out Atlanta. Shout out uh, to Atlanta. Yeah, the hopefully Bra- they all actually get to go there, and you know we'll all get vaccinated, and it'll be fine. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I just wanted to say that. So Evan is going to be poor. Evan's going to be in the lowest tax bracket. So if Evan takes this money, and even if we get hit with short term short term capital gains tax. I think the league will still make money, and we'd have more money to allocate for uh, things. Yeah, definitely you know? need like an extra thirty bucks to just toss around or something. Yeah. Hey, it's not nothing. It's, it's not a, nothing. That's that's my. Um, it's not nothing. It'd be, it's my fiduciary duty as a podcast co-host mm, to. Yeah. Um, that's one of the duties we have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's dive into awards then. Uh, if you're done with your bullet points, there, Ben. That, yeah, that was it. Okay. Uh, first award, we're, we're going to start with the big kahuna, uh, fantasy MVP. We're going to start with this one because it's the most important and also because it, it is usually sort of boring. But this year, uh, it's exciting. And, like, I don't know. I honestly don't know who you're going to pick for this. I had a hard time choosing between our nominees. So uh, our nominees are Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, and Josh Allen. 
So, strong list. You know, three running backs, a wide receiver, a tight end, and a QB. Ben, let's let's hear who your winner is, and let's hear your explanation. So, who was... So, was this in order? Henry, Kamara, Cook, RB1, 2, 3? Uh, I believe it was. Okay, I was just wondering. Because, like, Adams, Avi, Kelsey, obviously. I put in Josh Allen on this, just because, like, he was the highest scorer. Like, I felt like we had to make oh, him a homer pick. <laughs> it, was a, it was a homer pick. Uh, oh, yeah, people forget I had Josh Allen most of the... I actually totally forgot about that. Um, so, I picked Devontae Adams as my fantasy MVP. Um, because I, I don't... I'm not, I'm not Packer-biased. Um, so my reasoning is consistent across the board. Like you cannot ask for a more consistent performance week by week. Guy got yardage, guy got touchdowns. Um, just a very solid year from Devonte Adams. Best, best wide, best wide receiver season of all time. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Or so, it, it might be. He had I'm best. Not, he had best wide receiver something of all time. I'm, didn't I'm he? not sure. Eighteen touchdowns is an awful lot of touchdowns. <laughs> I will say that uh, it is not the record, but uh, it's a lot. Uh, fourteen hundred yards as well for Adams. And so I'm guessing, Ben, if you go by points per game, I can very easily see this being the top season. He actually missed two games in weeks three and four. People forget. So yeah. slow start to the year because he got hurt in week two. Only kind of played half the game. Then missed weeks three and four, went on bye for week five. And then after that, it was like guns blazing. Yeah, it's just, it's just nuts because between weeks six and 16, that's 11 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. He had one game where he killed you in week 15, which is rough because it's the playoffs. Yeah. In week 15, he had 4.2. Um, every other he – had, he had two games uh, – well, no, just one game where he was around six – he had he had in from weeks six through sixteen, eleven weeks. He had two games under double digits. Pretty which, good, which is for a receiver. You know, you don't get that kind of consistency. And he also had like top end level stuff too. I mean, right? He had multiple games over thirty points. He had several more games above twenty. Right. He even got the ceiling. Like he's not just like a Robert Woods, Keenan Allen like floor guy. He had the mm. he had the ceiling too, right? Like you said, he had one, two, three, four, five games over twenty. Um, two games over 30, like, man. Yeah. That's, that, that's my pick. All right, Ben. So I know that you want to drama by making us pick separately, but I also picked Devontae Adams. Uh, this was a close one for me. Like, I, I strongly considered Derrick Henry, uh, who, you know, after all, did score more points than Devontae Adams. But I think just, like, getting the kind of production that you got from Adams consistently from a wide receiver is really valuable um and i think just like slightly more valuable than you know derrick henry had a great season but it wasn't like an all-time amazing running back season um i will say shout out to derrick henry for going over two thousand yards (laughs) rushing which is insane uh but he also only had 114 receiving so that kind of brings him down to you know a more a more normal level for an rb1 the rb1 so uh beyond those two guys uh i think these other guys were all deserving as well but uh, Devontae Adams, star fantasy MVP. That was a very good um, political answer, Evan. I like that you gave Derrick Henry a little shout-out. Uh, he did deserve that. Um, one of eight players all-time to go over 2,000 rushing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the only guys recently were AP and Chris Johnson, so that's pretty good Pretty good company. Um, but, yeah, like you said, the consistency thing is the biggest thing. Like, you don't get that kind of consistency from a wide receiver. It's yeah. pretty nuts. Um, I do want to say uh, we, have to, we have to read – we have to read Tom's thing. Oh, I was going to do it when we bring up Dak. 
Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. All right. Uh, our second award, Rookie of the Year. We just got three nominees, you know, pretty, three pretty clear-cut guys, I think. Uh, we've got Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, and James Robinson. Uh, you want to make your pick first? Oh, I picked first last time. <laughs> All right. I'm going to make my pick. Uh, this, is a, this is a pretty easy one for me. I'm picking Justin Jefferson, the Vikings wide receiver. Um, and, and it should be, should be noted, we're talking about fantasy rookie of the year, not, not rookie of the year more generally, uh, like the actual award. I think Justin Jefferson will probably win that too. But Justin Jefferson finished as wide receiver six as a rookie, which is really rare for rookie wide receivers to do that kind of thing. Put up 1,400 yards on the dot and seven touchdowns. Um, I mean, you just don't you just don't see that from rookie wide receivers very often. I mean, I definitely considered James Robinson for this too, but I I do think Jefferson is a fairly easy choice here. What do you think, Ben? Um. So. I'm trying my best to not be a homer, <laughs> but like, how could I not pick my boy Jimmy Robinson here? I expected you to. Well, um, like, we just got done talking about consistency with Devontae Adams. Um, looking at James Robinson's week-by-week game log right now is getting me a little hot and bothered. Um, he had one game this year um, under eight points. Yeah, that's insane. One, and, and, and this is... You know, he scored five points against Houston in week five. Every other game, he only had he had three other games that were about eight or nine, which are solid. Um, so every other game besides those four, so you're looking at 12 games in double digits. Um, for a guy who went undrafted both in fantasy and in real life. <laughs> like, um, I just... I just like I like the guys that got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, I, I, I like that he uh, he had kind of that underdog mentality. He he got Fournette kicked out of Jacksonville. You know, Jack uh, Jacksonville was like, why do we need Fournette? We have this random undrafted free agent who turns out is really good. Um, I'm just bitter that I drafted Fournette, and he could have easily had this season pretty much, and, and he didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Ben, how are we deciding this one? Um... James Robinson went to Illinois State. Does that help my cause? <laughs> maybe, maybe. My my counterpoint is that Justin Jefferson finished as wide receiver six. James Robinson Robinson finished as running back seven. I don't. I don't. Dagger. <laughs> I don't want to. Ro- so can, can we? Can we have um? Co. Can we have co rookie of the year? Yes, I love that. It, I it, actually do think this is very close. Uh, like I, I think there are there are valid points to be made for both these guys. So it'll be like um, rookies of the year. It'll be like when was it Jason Kidd and uh, it was Jason Kidd and Grant Hill got co rookie of the year. Nice uh, when they were rookies in the nineties. So um, there is historical precedent for co rookie of the year in the NBA. But yeah, got it. <laughs> I, I like it. I like we're it. trailblazing. All right, uh, this might be this might be the most prestigious award that we give out to uh, to our owners here in the league. Uh, our third award is best draft pick. Uh, I'm gonna just r- rifle through. <laughs> We've got like a lot of nominees. There are ten nominees for this one. I'm just gonna rifle through them, and then uh, uh, we'll have you give your pick here, Ben. Uh, so we've got Calvin Ridley, fourth round pick for Connor. David Montgomery, fourth round. Ethan. Ethan also picked DK Metcalf in the fifth round. Traded him away uh, a few weeks later. Tony picked Kareem Hunt in the fifth. Henry picked Darren Waller in the sixth. Uh, Stephon Diggs went also in the sixth to Tim. Ben, you picked Antonio Gibson in the ninth. Nick picked Aaron Rodgers in the 10th round, the MVP, in real life probably. Andrew picked the aforementioned Justin Jefferson in the 11th round. 
And last but not least, Robbie Anderson, 13th round of Joe. What's your pick here, Ben? Um, so I wish I had been more firm about getting my boy Jimmy Robinson. <laughs> I, for, I totally forgot that uh, Justin Jefferson was a shoe-in for this pick. Yeah. Um, um, for, or for this category. I so I, 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 can we go back and, and undo the uh, coat? We're uncoing the, the Rookie of the Year award. It's going to James Robinson because Justin, this, Justin Jefferson. This is just such an obvious. Yeah. Uh, get, get, getting wide receiver six in the 11th round. Like, yeah, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty nuts. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, there's not really much else to say. Like, yeah. That, yeah I, I'm trying I, to even think about like who is in second place here. Because it's so far and away. Can we see who went? Jefferson. I want to see who went around Justin Jefferson in the eleventh. Uh, yeah, so around Justin Jefferson. So immediately before Justin Jefferson was your pick, Ben, you took Gardner Minshew. <laughs> Good pick. Uh, two, Good pick. Two picks before Jefferson, I picked Henry Ruggs. Great pick. Everyone was pissed when I picked Minshew. Everyone wanted Minshew. multiple teams took defenses uh, just before oh, Justin no. Jefferson. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't great. It definitely wasn't great. Uh, yeah, shout out to Andrew. I want to see who, what, which big. wide receivers. So we got Rubs, we got Curtis Samuel. Uh, in the 10th, we got Jalen Rieger, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Anthony Miller. Oh, just <laughs> yeah. great. Just great. Those kinds of guys. So, uh, yeah, so that's a pretty clear I mean, one. Immediately after Justin Jefferson, Naheem, Naheem Hines, Keyshawn Vaughn. A few picks later, Golden Tate, Chris I'm sure Herndon. all of those picks would have been Justin Jefferson. Golden Tate, Chris Herndon. Oh, man. This, I just wanted to paint a picture for the people of, like, what types of guys are going on. The 11th around. round is desperate. Yeah. You know? Like, you are, you are throwing even getting like Even getting, like, a regular starter in the 11th round is, is, like, a huge coup. And getting, like, a wide receiver one is a huge deal. Like, Tannehill. Like, honestly, like, Tannehill in the 11th was solid. He was value. a very good pick. Yeah, um, that was Ethan's pick, 11th round. And that's just, like, a kind of average, court, like, right. startable quarterback. This <laughs> is, like, wide receiver six, right? Yeah, like, right. Um, yeah, so Justin Jefferson, kudos to Andrew. Yeah. Um, not sure if he really knew what he was doing there, but it, sometimes it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, like, nobody really knows what they're doing around the round, so, like, <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, so our next award uh, is kind of a, a one-off award <laughs> that we're just going to give. We have no nominees. We only have a winner for this <laughs> award. Uh, ben, you brought this up, so so let's, let's have you introduce it. Um, long ago, in late August... Um, we had our we had our draft and um one of the one of the more bold draft strategies i've ever seen um came from a member of our league this year so this category is called best draft strategy and the nominee sole nominee and winner is joe getting hammered and drafting for an entirely separate public yahoo <laughs> <laughs> joe totally wasted pre-draft uh, just logs on to Yahoo and thinks, man, I know that Schaefer Bowl is happening, but where is it? For some reason, decides to sign up for a totally separate public league. Doesn't realize that he's doing so until he's well through. He must have been, us he... in the chat about picks he is making, and we're like, like Joe, you're not making. Because I, rem- I remember when he picked Thielen. I remember when he picked <laughs> Thielen, and it was like, it was he wasn't saying anything, but he was saying stuff in the group chat, but he wasn't saying anything in like the Yahoo in the in the draft portal thing. Yeah. And I just remember being so confused. And then um a couple days later, I was trying to because I didn't I didn't draft a tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember that. Also a good bold draft strategy. <laughs> <laughs> um so I was texting Joe because he because of this 
uh, clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. Joe's auto drafted, accidental auto draft team picked him three tight ends. Yeah. So naturally, I hit up Joe and I say, Yo, Joe, you want to like dish me one of these tight ends? And Joe's like, and I was like, give me one of your three. Like, I don't give a shit which one it is. He's like, what are you talking about? I only have two. <laughs> like, Joe thought I was the, the Joe thought I would, Joe, Joe must have thought I was the idiot for like a little yeah. bit there. Him not and, even realizing what he had done until after the draft is, is maybe the best part of this. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember, I remember seeing that text and he's like, oh shit. Like I was hammered or whatever. <laughs> and it was like, uh. oh no. Um, so that, that was that was one of the funnier things to ever happen in the league, and something that we couldn't have a hype use without, uh, you know, explicitly acknowledging. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, our 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 fifth award here. Uh, this one's the saddest injury of the season. You know, we all had those guys uh, who you know got us excited. They were playing well, and then they just got injured, and we're out for the rest of the season. And we we just want to pay tribute to those guys. Uh, and then pick which one of them was the saddest. Our fallen heroes. Yeah, our fallen heroes. Uh, which is, I guess, this is different from our later uh, in memoriam award because <laughs> that's a more permanent thing. And this is just for this season. Uh, so saddest injury. Our our five nominees are Dak Prescott, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, uh, the Bengals combo of Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, and Marlon Mack. Uh, it's funny. Can I just say something quick? So yeah. it's it's funny that you just kind of played the the difference between status injury and in memoriam mm-hmm. because now that I'm thinking about it Marlon Mack maybe belongs in in memoriam that's a good point because he tore his Achilles yeah like you don't remember when Deontay Foreman tore his Achilles Rip. yeah he was out for like two years or something. and and we like haven't talked about Deontay Foreman since yeah I know he was a handcuff kind of guy yeah we didn't really talk about it that um, much before that but like Marlon Mack might be off fantasy radars I'm just yeah I just kind of thought so that, that, you, that may have that may have been an administrative oversight here. yeah in case you've forgotten that Marlon Mack like existed this year uh Nick drafted him in the seventh round he got four carries and then tore his Achilles in week one which is a rough a rough thing to have happen TBT um so Marlon Mack is one of our nominees uh I guess I'll go first with my winner here I didn't pick Marlon Mack uh I am going to pick Dak Prescott Dak was on pace to like smash the single season passing yardage record because the Cowboys defense was terrible. He was on pace to he was on pace to beat the season total passing yardage record by like two thousand yards. Yeah, right. Um, so that would have just been fun. I also think like in terms of real life, like Dak Prescott, I you know consider a situation where he kind of rallies the Cowboys a little bit and they finish eight and eight and they win the division, which is totally plausible, right? They went six and ten without him. Yeah, like he could win MVP. In that in that scenario, oh yeah, you know he winds up with like something absurd, like six thousand yards and like forty eight touchdowns. Like he's probably winning MVP. Dallas is a big market, even yeah. if even if they're like an average team, uh, big market. Yeah, people will say Dallas oh, is the defense. So I pour one out for Dak, uh, and and I guess as I bring that up, uh, we we got a, a text from Tom. We we lobbied for um, <clears throat> excuse me, we lobbied for uh, for people to put in their put in their two cents from the season. We got exactly one. Uh, it was funny because it's from Tom, who like his team was very bad and has been out of it for a long time. I, I have, Tom, Tom is invested. Tom is the most. Ed- let's just have a quick ad lib. Most dedicated listener award. Tom by yeah. Sub- submitted a uh, per per the podcast request. Submitted a uh, yeah. I don't. Know she, I don't know All right. So it. Tom's text to Ben reads: Dak, thank you for the early season hope. You carried on and fought all the way through week thirteen, where we won rivalry week and did not make the playoffs. <laughs> 
Hopefully your physical therapist treated your ankles superbly. You were missed, but not forgotten. He, he, he continues, also Ben, giving your email was beneficial to the pod listeners without your phone number. True. <laughs> Thanks for a wonderful season of the pod. Yeah, I wish, I was hoping that like, Jacob would send something. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob has been making noise about uh, sending me ad copy that we can read. So maybe next year we'll get some ads on the show. Uh, Wait, would he pay us? Or was it a joke? No, I think it was for free. Or, you know, slide me a five Venmo or something. Evan, what the fuck? I told him he could do it. He just hasn't. Oh, okay. Evan, you have to be on that. Can you imagine how big of a deal it will be when we monetize this? <laughs> uh, huge deal. Huge deal. All right, Ben. I mean, I'm dead ass about this. Uh, well, it's next year. I'm ready. It's about time we started making some money off of all this work. Uh, who's your pick for status injury then, Ben? It's got to be Dak, yeah. right? It's yeah. got to be. Um, I, Joe Burrow was fun. I will say that. Uh, I was, I was, the Bengals are kind of a dumpster fire a little bit. Yeah. And Joe Burrow definitely gave them some stability. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was playing well. I like to see when, like, fun rookie quarterbacks. It's always kind of a bummer when, like, you have kind of like a – Marcus Mariota kind of guy who's like for all intents and purposes like a good person but just like not quite good enough yeah as a quarterback so I was happy to see Joe Burrow play well so I was bummed when he got hurt but he was on Tony's team so who cares um so yeah it's Dak rest I I we, we had we had to have a little stuff that happens like the first four six weeks of the season by the time you get to yeah the holidays in the new year like that may have, that might as well have been like three years ago. Yeah. You know, you don't really remember stuff. That, like, who remembers that Marlon Mack got hurt? You know, yeah. it's like yeah. I, I just think we for Saquon Barkley too. I mean, people just like forget about Saquon Barkley existing, and he went second in after half. Yeah, I just think I just think there is um there, we just have to have some kind of a uh, a reconciliation of the of the first like half of the season, yeah. first quarter of the season. All right, um, so our next one, this is a fun category. This is worst draft pick. Uh, we're going to mostly ignore guys who just got injured here because that doesn't really make it a bad draft pick, typically. Uh, but we're looking more for like performance-related terrible draft picks. Uh, so we got a bunch of nominees here. I'm just going to rattle them off. First one, Michael Thomas, sixth overall. That was my pick. Uh, with the very next pick, you pick Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Ben. Uh, 15th overall, Mark Ingram to Tom. Uh, third round, Tony picked Lamar Jackson. Also in that round, Ryan picked Devontae Parker. Ben picked DJ Chark. In the fourth round, I picked Leonard Fournette. Tony picked Le'Veon Bell. Tom picked Zach Ertz. In the fifth round, Nick picked Tyler Higbee. Uh, and in the, <laughs> this one feels gratuitous. But in the seventh round, uh, Tom, or excuse me, Quinn picked Matt Breda. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Right, Evan, is it hard to tell Tom and Quinn's teams apart? It is, it is. I did, I did the thing that Ben was complaining about where I looked at the team name, saw an emoji, and assumed it was Tom's, but it was actually Quinn's now. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that we both put each other's first round picks in here. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty and, and those are the only first round picks that went in here. Yep. Uh, uh, um, yeah, so. all the, there were other first round picks that didn't work out, but they were all fully injury related. I, I didn't list Michael Thomas initially because his is mostly because of injury that he wasn't good. Um, so there are two reasons why I put Michael Thomas on this. First one was... I was just a little spiteful of having putting my first round pick in it. Yes. Uh, second reason is I drafted Michael Thomas in the first round, so I haven't picked him in our league. I picked him in my other league, like twelfth or something, uh-huh. and uh, it sucked. Like even though <laughs> even though most of it was due to injuries, like it was like three different injuries, yeah. 
And he also had that one game where he was going to come back, but he got suspended because he punched his teammate. Yeah, that was a rip. Uh, and I'm just like, it's just like, what the fuck are you doing, Michael Thomas? Yeah, like coming off of like one of the better wide receiver seasons of all time. Set the record for receptions last year. It's just disappointing. It's just disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you say your thing about... Um, did you, did you say it on air last week, your thing about how everyone, like, crowns a new best wide receiver? Like, the media. Yeah. Can yes. you, did you say that last week? Yeah, on yeah. The air? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a... That's so true. Um, <laughs> and now it's Devonta Adams, so I'm sure it's just going to be, like, Tyreek Hill next year or something. Yeah. Like, we're just going to switch it and act like we always thought that this guy was the best wide receiver in the league. Um, all right, who's your pick here, Ben, for a worst draft pick? Okay, here's my, here's my cop-out. It would be me picking Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but... I'm going to cop out and say, because Clyde Edwards-Alaire was, like, consensus, like, back half of the first round. Like, I'm not going to... I think I think Tom's drafting of Mark Ingram, second round, 15th overall, um, he reached for Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. and Mark Ingram was really bad. This is also my pick, for, for similar reasons, right? So all of these picks were bad and that they didn't work out, but we had identified that one at the time. It's kind of like a crazy reach for Mark Ingram, right? Uh, who wasn't very good. <laughs> right. We, we, you had the frustrating, like, Ravens backfield the whole year. Right, yeah. He had some injuries, too. And, you know, by the end of the year, it was, like, the third running back on their depth chart. Um, and all of that was at least sort of foreseeable in preseason, right? You know, there were definitely some concerns. The Ravens drafted J.K. Dobbins. It was, like, in the second round, right? And Dobbins was, like... Yes, like, early second or something. I, I think it was, like, one of the first picks of the second round. Yeah. And, then of course, they still had Gus Edwards, and, obviously, Lamar Jackson scores a lot of rushing touchdowns as well. So, you know, there were definitely a lot of concerns with Mark Ingram, and Tom went off the board and took him with the first pick of the second round. Uh, and, yeah, that one didn't work out. I, I think that's a, a fairly clear... Worst draft pick of the year. Yeah, that's a spot where it's tough when you pick on the turn because if you're Tom and you like you like a guy like Ingram, he's not going to make it back to you. Yeah. You know, there's going to be 26 picks. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what he's picking at 41, 42, or whatever it would be. Right. Like Ingram's not making it to 41, 42. Yeah. Just um, for reference, Tom could have had like Travis Kelsey, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs in that spot. So, kind of rough. <laughs> kind of rough. Uh, I also want to shout out. Uh, one of my own picks on here, Leonard Fournette, fourth round. Uh, Leonard Fournette got cut before playing a game. It's never good when one of your first four draft picks gets cut uh, in preseason. Yeah. So that was a yeah. Was a um, you did you did the you did the mature thing there and kind of uh, you know self self criticism. I will say um, my self criticism with Clyde Edwards Alaire is I definitely got what what's what's the phrase like I got. I got cold feet. Is that mm-hmm. is, so? Like with Clyde in the first round, I I remember drafting him and just for like until I traded him, I just something about it just got me ner- like I I have learned in fantasy that you do not want. I mean, we just got done talking about fantasy MVP, fantasy rookie of the year. What were the two major themes there? Consistency, right? Like yeah. you want consistency, you want low risk, you want low variability. Like you your first round even second round picks, like you need as little risk as possible. And like, I get that, you know, there was a, there was an avenue in which like first round pick chiefs offense, you know, clear cut number one, but like they, you know, went to the pass more. They brought in Lev Bell. They, you know, when you haven't seen it before in the NFL, like there's just hard to rely. Yeah. It's just, 
I'm I'm definitely not gonna do that again. Yeah, I've just generally learned like running backs in the first couple of rounds, it's just a little bit too risky for for my taste. Um, I mean, I guess you know, there are always other examples, right? Like Saquon Barkley was like, wasn't he like the best player in fantasy his rookie year or something? Like it happens. I think he was. It's hard to rely on for sure. Yeah, it's hard to predict that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, all right, so now we've got a couple categories uh, about trades. Our first one is most lopsided trade. Uh, we've just got two nominees here, which, shout out to the league, most of the trades I looked at were, were relatively balanced. Uh, so two nominees. The first one, Ben, is one of your trades with Henry. Uh, you got Tyler Lockett, Travis Kelsey, and Chase Edmonds. Henry got Kyle edwards who we were just talking about, Gardner Minshew, and Alexander Madison. Uh, the second nominee is a quick Quinn Tim trade, which at the time we thought was pretty meaningless. Uh, Quinn got T. Higgins and uh, Tim got Mo Alley Cox. My favorite part of my trade with Henry is that Chase Edmonds and Alexander Madison were, in, were, were involved yeah, in it. Uh, it's, it's like a real life trade where just you kind of have like random shit thrown in to like make salaries work or yeah, something. Uh, <laughs> um, Evan, what, what are you going with here? Um, I, I'm going to take your trade, Ben, uh, the, the three-on-three thing. So I do think like Quinn, that Quinn-Tim trade was, was a, a huge win for Quinn, but to a certain extent, like T. Higgins, like, you know, he's a good flex guy, but, you know, your trade had some, you know, big kahunas in there, right? So getting, getting the best tight end in fantasy, also getting a, a starting, you know, an, an easy starter wide receiver, uh, basically just in exchange for Edwards Hilaire. Like, you know, anytime you can get the two best players in a trade – that that works out pretty well. So yeah, I'm picking your trade with Henry. Um, I'm going with Quinn and Tim's trade. Uh, Quinn getting T Higgins, Tim getting Moali Cox. Um, pretty wide, pretty wide. Uh, difference there. <laughs> Just the fact that it's Moali Cox, like, uh, you could have put a player in there who got cut a couple weeks after this trade, but was better than Moali Cox, and it would be less funny. But the fact that it's Moali Cox, who was totally worthless in fantasy, right? Like. I, he probably just had, like, one good week. Let me try and find where he's ranked in the tight end list. This is he is tight end 27. Do you know, you know how many terrible tight ends there are? Like, finishing 27th in tight ends. He had uh, exactly one game with more than 50 yards this season. He only scored two touchdowns, even, so it's not even like he was getting touchdowns. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a rough trade. It's a rough trade. When uh, was this, I wonder when this trade was made. It was... October 3rd, so that was right before week four. <laughs> Tim actually dropped Moelle Cox less than two weeks after this trade. And then this, was, this, was a, this was a real sell-high moment for Quinn. Quinn, Quinn sold Moelle Cox coming off of his second consecutive 11-point uh, game. <laughs> I love that. Shout-out to Quinn, the tight end whisperer. And Moelle Cox actually scored a touchdown in the week after the trade and then did absolutely nothing the rest of the season. Uh, so. I wonder if, like, it had to have been, like, some other tight end on the Colts was hurt, right? It had it had um, to be, right? And he, he just wasn't going to... I don't know the tight end or market. Or was desperate for a tight end for some reason. I don't know. Exactly. I, always have, I always have Travis Kelsey, so I don't really pay attention <laughs> to the tight end thing. But I'm just going to assume that, like, Jack Doyle or someone, yeah, like, like was hurt. And then once uh, they came back, Ali Cox just, like, didn't get any run. All right, Ben. Because, because you didn't pick your own trade, I'm taking that as a sign that I was wrong. And Quentin is indeed our most lopsided trade of the year. So that's our winner. Uh, next category, most meaningless trade. Uh, this is a fun one. Just the trade that the trade that just did nothing to impact the uh, power structures of the league. We've got four nominees here. Uh, first one, 
I got DJ Chark in exchange for Ryan getting Philip Lindsay. Great one there. That was late season. This category is so funny. It is funny. <laughs> uh, second nominee, Quinn getting John Brown, John Brown in exchange for Zach Ertz to Tom. Uh, we're not done with Zach Ertz. because our third nominee. Is A few weeks later. <laughs> Henry getting Zach Ertz uh, and giving Christian Kirk to Tom. Uh, and then the final nominee, uh, this is mostly a joke. It's not, it wasn't actually that meaningless, but I got Christian McCaffrey and Cooper Cup. Quinn got Michael Thomas and Mike Evans, which I think like pound for pound was the easily like the, uh, biggest marquee name trade of the year. Like all four of those guys are like very important fantasy players, but they all mostly turned out to be sort of worthless except Mike Evans. So, uh, so those are our four nominees. Uh, Ben, do you want to go ahead? I, I was just saying, it's just, it's just funny when you have guys of that caliber getting, getting traded, and it, like, does not shake things up like yeah. that. It's also funny because, like, Quinn still won the championship <laughs> after doing this. It's just, like, this trade wasn't really the reason why, you know? Yeah, I just think it's funny that, like, Zach Ertz got traded. Like, just everyone just, like, Zach Ertz sloppies everywhere. It's yeah. just, like, Zach Ertz, like, three weeks. So this is what I'll say. My choice is it's obviously got to be one of these Zach Ertz trades, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the John Brown Zacherts, the first one, uh-huh. because the category is most meaningless trade. Um, if you remember, when Tom traded uh, for Christian Kirk and Henry got Zacherts, that was like hours after we had recorded uh, a podcast where we were uh, rhetorically asking ourselves if Zacherts was washed because mm-hmm. he had had like another bad game. You know, this is a few. This is like mid October where yeah. like the Zacherts uh, washed. Uh, narrative was getting panned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because, and I got a real good kick out of out of that, out of like our podcast, our presence as media, kind of like tanking Zacherts' trade value for for uh, getting Henry Zacherts on the low, like mm-hmm. that that had meaning for me. So that's why it's not the most meaningless trade. I like it. I'll accept. I'll accept that rationale. I was also gonna pick a Zacherts trade, but I was gonna pick the Henry Tom version. Uh, but but your rationale makes sense, uh, you know, just in terms of our our influence as media members, uh, that gives it meaning. You know, content is all about meaning. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, the Quentin trade is a good one. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to our next category. <laughs> I like this one a lot. Uh, this category is uh, the award for worst hoard. Uh, so, so the worst example of somebody stashing someone on their bench and having it be totally useless. <laughs> Uh, we've got four nominees. Uh, the first is Nick stashing George Kittle on his bench for seven weeks and then not starting him once he finally was able to play in week 16. Uh, second nominee, Tony keeping Joe Burrow on his bench after he tore his ACL in week 11, even though Tony was setting his roster and theoretically like was aware that Joe Burrow was out for the year. Uh, number three, t- Tim insurance claiming Cam Sims in uh, the first week of the playoffs. Uh, and dropping a defense that he should have started that would have moved him on to the next round. And then uh, the final nominee uh, that Ben put in here, uh, when you stashed Alshon Jeffrey for six weeks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's like an awful long time. Uh, My my, uh, complaint about that was uh, he was out for that long, but was never placed on IR. Yeah, exactly. It was like the annoying thing. Or maybe he maybe he was placed on IR at like the beginning of the year, but he, he was, was supposed to come off it. He was supposed there. to come off it. Yeah. I, I got it. Remember, I I picked George Kittle. Yeah, uh, I'm picking George Kittle too. So <laughs> I'm picking George Kittle because like the long con worked. Like all of the stars had aligned. 
Uh, and I mean, we, like, we, we asked Nick for months about keeping George Kittle on his bench. I was trying to play mind games with Nick. Uh, so when I traded Travis Kelsey to Ryan for uh, Derrick Henry, I was trying to lay into Nick every time we recorded. I was trying to get him to drop George Kittle uh-huh. because I was going to pick him up and throw him on my bench because uh-huh. I wanted him if he came back week 16 if uh-huh. I was in the championship. And Nick, he's he, he steadfast with his you – know, you got the Iowa Hawkeye narrative with yeah. George Kittle. Yeah. He, he, he kept him on his bench for like two months. And week 16, both George Kittle was active – which was unlikely, right? Yeah. And Nick was in a competitive game. Yeah. Right. Unlikely, he was. Yeah. He was in. You know, either the consolation or the third place or the consolation yeah. or the the championship. So like, I think because of the context, like all these other ones, it's like yeah, Tony kept Joe Burrow. Like I had Alshon Jeffrey for you know, like a month and a half. You know, Tim did something kind of dumb uh, out of like a moment of like confusion, yeah. but like. Nick's thing was, like, very intentional. Yeah. And it worked. And it was, like, such a long con. And it all worked out. And there are all of these, like... It just... All the stars aligned. And, you know, I think it's a pretty clear choice. And he just threw it away. Yeah. Do you have I, anything to add? Uh, so, I think this is the correct choice. Uh, it's definitely what I'm picking as well. Uh, I do just want a quick shout out. Uh, Tim, Tim panicking about Josh Jacobs uh, posting on Insta that he wasn't going to play. And, and having his reaction be to drop a defense that he should have started to pick up Cam Sims as insurance is, it was probably my favorite fantasy moment of the season. Uh, and it is also one of the hardest fantasy moments to explain to anyone who doesn't know what fantasy is. <laughs> like trying to explain oh, yeah. why this is funny to someone who doesn't know fantasy would have been totally impossible, uh, which is one of the reasons I like it. It's so in the weeds uh, and it was just very funny at the time. So uh, I, I do just want a quick shout out that. But the Nick Stash and George Kittle thing was totally unforgivable and also very funny. Yeah, so. I remember when Tim and, – and, like, Tim – I don't want to be too hard on Tim because, like, he knows that he kind of messed up. But I remember spending – when I, I saw that ad drop, uh, and I remember spending, like, 20 minutes, like, trying to figure out what his angle was on <laughs> yeah. that. And I just, like – and eventually I just, like, threw my hands up and I was just, like – I think Tim just, like, messed up on accident. It, which, like, I just wasn't... You know, you expect that kind of move from Tony or Joe. <laughs> I was going to get tossed under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah no, it, it was... It, if, if we're going with, like, uh, like most impactful, like, in, in the fantasy... Yeah. In, in the fantasy media community that Evan and I are a part of, you call that a tilt. Mm. You know, the biggest tilt of the season. Like, the most impactful... Tilt, yeah. Uh, that definitely goes to Tim tilting and dropping a a defense that that he had actually stashed for yeah, quite, right. quite some Successfully time. Successfully stashed for several weeks. Um, I re- I remember when Tim picked up a couple of defenses because Tim wasn't gonna get first place, but he was gonna make the playoffs. Mm. And like and like week week like ten, yeah. he picked up these two defenses, and I. I noticed it, but I don't think anyone else did because I was also kind of starting to think of defenses, but like week 10 was like too early for me, Mm -hmm. but I definitely had those. When I saw he picked up those two defenses, it was like Cleveland and Seattle, I think, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I, I knew what he was doing because those two defenses were on my radar for fantasy playoff streaming. Um, So it's just brutal for Tim that he, so I mean, maybe that should be added to this. The best laid plans. So yeah, so he claimed Cam Simpson week 14 and... 
So he never got a game out of Seattle. Seattle, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and they probably had the Jets or the Giants. It was the Jets. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's rough. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Nick wins that one. Congratulations, Nick. <laughs> so our next award is the Gray Hair Award, uh, which is the uh, the the player or group of players who you know gave their owner or owners the the most gray hair. Will like, cause you premature balding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we got four nominees here. We got Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, everyone on the Ravens, and the Rams backfield. Uh, this is a tough one because like all of these situations were pretty rough. You know, we've already talked about Michael Thomas getting injured and then punching one of his teammates. Uh, we've we've mentioned McCaffrey having three separate injuries that kept him out, and and none of them overlapped either. So yeah, it was just like he would heal from one thing and then immediately get hurt and then do it again. Uh, the Ravens were obviously very frustrating for everyone who had them. Uh, and then shout out to the Rams backfield. Uh, the whole Cam Akers finally won it at the end. It seems yeah. like. But, you know, you started the year, it was Malcolm Brown. In the middle of the year, it was Daryl Henderson. Sometimes they just didn't run the ball at all. Yeah. It was very confusing. I remember when I picked up Malcolm Brown, like, week one or two, and he had that big week. I was like, I got a league winner here. Malcolm <laughs> Brown. And then he just, like... He released him, like, two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, like, two yeah. weeks later, I had to cut him. <laughs> he later shuffled around to half the teams in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, who's your pick? Oh, then? we should have had an award. I mean, this would have taken too long to, like, research and figure it out. But just, like, the guy who was on the most rosters. That would be funny. Yeah, yeah. it would be kind of a funny thing. But it would take too long. It would. Uh, whatever. Um, so, uh, it's a little bit of a cop-out because it's the most, like, catch-all of the nominees. But the everyone on the Ravens, uh, that's the one I'm going with because... Um, we had Lamar Jackson included as a nominee for worst draft pick. Like, he finished as, what, like, QB, like, 10 yeah, or something. Disappointing. And, and he was drafted in the third round. I, I'm guessing he was the second QB off the board. Mahomes, then yes. Lamar. He must have been, yeah. Um, so, and Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, like, they kind of, they, they, they corrected course over, the, like, the second half of the season, but... People were out on those two guys for a while. They were the first half of the year. They weren't doing well, and then obviously you had the whole Ingram, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards clusterfuck for right. a yeah. while. And then D- Dobbins kind of resolved that at the end. Uh, but yeah, for most of the year, it was pretty much like who knows who's gonna get you know because everyone was getting six carries a game. <laughs> it was just not enough for any of them. Yeah, the the the, the thing with like Do- like Dobbins and Acres, they did uh, you know claim the backfield at the end of the year, but. When you claim the backfield in week 12, like, yeah, right. it, it doesn't matter, right? right. Like, the, the fantasy season has already, you know, it's already been decided. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So, my pick, we disagree on this one. My pick is CMC. Uh, I guess this probably isn't surprising because I was the one who owned CMC for a lot of his issues. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was very frustrating. You know, the whole, the whole season I was like, wow, my team blows. But at least in the consolation playoff, I'll have Christian McCaffrey to help me cruise to that. Yeah. And, you know, secure my being able to have him on the team next year as well. Yeah. And then he just kept on getting injured with different new things. <laughs> oh, sorry. He even, he even like teased you because he had one game there against the Colts where he scored like 25 points because he's Christian McCaffrey. And then he got hurt at the end of that game. And it was like, well, yeah, here we uh, are. I remember, I remember in like week after like week 12 or 13 when we recorded and I was like, Evan, do you think the Panthers are going to shut down McCaffrey? And you're like, no, 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 no. Like, they'll be, you, you were like, you were still, you were still like hopeful. I mean, and they never really did. They kept on going week to week until yeah. it was like week 17. And they're like, oh, I guess we're shutting them down. <laughs> it was yeah. very unfortunate. I will relent on this one because I like, I like just having the one player nominee more. Yeah. Like mine, 
my nominee was like, it's like, oh, everyone on this team. It's a little bit of a, it's a weak, it's a weak, uh, it's a weak answer. So I like, I like the CMC, the draft capital, you know, it's, yeah. it's very gray hairy. All right. Uh, next award, best waiver claim. Uh, we had some good ones this year. There, there's some pretty, uh, pretty good players who got picked up on waivers. Uh, six nominees. Ben, you picked up James Robinson preseason. Quinn picked up Miles Gaskin in week two. Henry got Mike Davis in week three. Uh, Tim got Cole Beasley in week four. Shout out to Cole Beasley, uh, as always. Joe picked up Justin Herbert, uh, the third best fantasy rookie, in week five. And Ryan got Chase Claypool in week six. Uh, who are we taking, Ben? I'm trying to see where Cole Beasley finished because I want, I want to be wide receiver one so bad. Uh, I don't think it's quite there. Uh, no, if we were PPR, it would have been. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not, even in, he's not even wide receiver two. Man, he must have kind of fallen off. Yeah, I guess it must him at the end. Oh, he he missed a he missed a game. He missed wide receiver thirty one. He finished. That's not nothing though. Um, all right, Ben, who are you picking for best waiver claim? Um, I'm going with Quinn picking up Miles Gaskin in week two. Um, couple of reasons. This is very diplomatic of you. So, <laughs> so like I already I already did James Robinson. Uh-huh. Like you know, it would have been pretty tacky of me to be a homer for for this one too. But like that's that's like twenty percent of it. Mm. Uh, I would say thirty percent of it is like Quinn is the champ, mm-hmm. and we got we have to give Quinn some kind of an award. That's and true. and this one and Miles Gaskin in week two like. There's a very, there's a very, there, you know, there's a, there's a narrative there that you can pan. Yeah. There's, there's well, a reasonable so argument. Gaskin and James Robinson were actually like kind of in similar situations, right? They weren't highly regarded backs. Uh, they were kind of stepping in to teams that most people thought weren't going to be very good. Turns out the Dolphins were fine and the Jaguars were, were quite bad. But yeah. then, and then they were just given the entire workload. You know, both of them, just like as basically new guys, uh, were just able to become workhorse backs and, and take over these uh, pretty shaky backfields. So yeah, that was probably one of the more shocking narratives of the season was that the Jags were so bad and James Robinson still performed. Usually, yeah, when, usually when your team is bad, the running back is not going to be as involved. But yeah. like James Robinson was just on the field all of the time. Yeah, and it was it like that the Jags couldn't pass at all. But yeah, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> for true. Sure. Um, but yeah, so the, like also this is a little bit self serving besides mm-hmm. like Quinn being the champ. Uh, but I also like called this narrative like fairly early on, uh, like relatively speaking. I remember saying like in week like ten or something that Quinn's team is very different with and without Miles Gaskin. Yeah, right. Uh, I just mm-hmm. I, it's a little it's a little self serving. It's a little pat on the back e. But I just like. I just remember saying that, like, you know, when Tim, when Quinn has uh, Miles Gaskin on this roster, it's it's pretty solid. But when he doesn't, there's just no depth. And that basically showed, too, because, right? like, he lost the game, so he was injured, and then he came back, and he uh, won a championship. And, and then, like, what did he score in the in the Week 16, right? He scored, he scored like, Gaskin scored 28. Like, yeah, Gaskin, right. if, we had finals, if we had finals MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Schaefer Bowl MVP, like, Gaskin would get it. Yeah. Right? Um, so... Maybe we should have had an award for that. Well, Gaskin would have gotten it. So, yeah. um, Gaskin, he gets best waiver claim. He also gets Schaefer Bowl MVP. D- different from Schaefer Bowl fantasy season, MVP, fantasy yeah. season MVP. These are all very different awards. All right, Ben. You've, you've made a reasonable argument. I was going to pick uh, your pickup of James Robinson just because, if anything, James Robinson was somehow uh, you know, less foreseen than Miles Gaskin even was. Like Nobody knew James Robinson's name. Uh, and he also finished higher. But uh, I can see... I can see the point that, you know, Quinn won a championship, 
he deserves some credit for that pickup. It was a big reason why. Uh, so, you know, most valuable waiver claim is, I think, a reasonable thing here. So, I like it. If we're being really technical about it, James Robinson was not a waiver claim. Ooh, free agent? James Robinson was a free agent. <laughs> so we could make a new category and say <laughs> Separate categories. best free agent uh, <laughs> best free agent pickup. Love it. Uh, okay, uh, our next category uh, is basically the opposite of that. It's the worst drop. Uh, this one's fun, too. Uh, <laughs> we've got five nominees. Henry jo- dropped Justin Herbert in week four. Tim dropped Robert Tunyon in week four as well. Quinn also dropped Robert Tunyon in week seven. <laughs> Robert Tunyon nominated twice. I dropped Brandon Cooks in week five. And Ben, you dropped J.K. Dobbins in week six. Uh, this is kind of a tough category, uh, but it's a fun one. Uh, I, honestly, I, I, I forgot to make a pick for this one, okay, so, so my, you go. I'll do mine first. Yeah, so I picked one of the Robert Tunyon ones. Uh, my pick was Robert – sorry, <laughs> Robert. That is Robert Tunyon. Uh, I picked Quinn dropping Robert Tunyon in week seven. Uh, you know, if we're going to give credit to Quinn for having the best waiver claim, I guess we also got to drag him for this worst drop, especially because, uh, you know, Quinn is the self-styled tight end whisperer. Uh, Robert Tunyon finishes tight end three. And I don't care what your situation is. Uh, he dropped him in week seven. Robert Tunyon at the time had five touchdowns already. And, and he had a couple off weeks after that, but turns around and scored touchdowns basically every game down the stretch. If you have a tight end who can consistently score a touchdown, you don't get rid of him, right? Um, yeah. And Quinn wound up doing kind of fine on the tight end uh, situation, but just the fact that he got rid of him so late. And even at the time, I thought to my... I, I, mean, I remember I had a claim in for Tunyon and actually... Uh, uh, Connor got him instead of me on, on waivers. But even at the time, I thought, why is Quinn getting rid of Robert Tunyon? Like, everyone wants Robert Tunyon as their tight end. You know, there are only a few guys who I would take over him, even at that time. So, definitely a confusing one. Um, yeah, I'm sold. Uh, I, I like the idea of giving Quinn best waiver claim and worst drop. Yeah. Um, I, but I also, I also admittedly... I remember, like, when this happened, like, how shocked you were. And this kind of goes back to, like, what I said. I just, like, everything about the streaming tight end landscape, I am so, like, it's one thing I could improve on as a fantasy football podcast co-host would be being, like, a little more in the weeds about the streaming tight end market. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when you kind of freaked out at Quinn about this, and I was, like, Evan's probably overreacting a little bit, but turns out like you totally were not. Uh, I just like when I when you have Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, you just like totally ignore shit like this, uh, and you just like don't care. Like I remember going to Kel- uh, Tunyon's, like you freaked out at Quinn for dropping him, and I looked at his thing, and I was like, oh yeah, he's had like a few good weeks and a few bad weeks. Like who gives a shit? But I I didn't really realize like you know because it's tight ends. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, so when did so Quinn dropped him? So in week, uh, in week seven, October twenty second. Yeah. So that was right before week. Six. So he was coming off of that two point five week six. Yeah. So the game. thing with Tunyon is that he was never like a big yardage guy, and yeah. it was mostly on touchdowns. But he sure did catch a lot of touchdowns. He had eleven TDs, um, which I think was was tied for the league with Travis Kelsey among all tight ends. So, uh, you know. He's a big part of that offense, especially in the red zone. So it's 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 hard to decide. Like this is the thing that's tough about this. Like I don't like 
we almost have to give this one to Tim and Quinn. Like, I, because I can't decide. That's a good. Like, so like, I give it to like Quinn. one is not clearly worse than the other, right? Because, like, because, because Tim dropped him. Yeah. Right before, right before we scored three touchdowns. Right before the three, so he, so he had zero, eight, eleven, and you know, twenty five in a touchdown, fifteen in a touchdown. You know, out of three weeks, small sample size. Like I can kind of see where Tim is coming from. Yeah, that was but, more my thing. Is that and then like, you got this twenty seven, the buy more evidence. But but yeah, but then you got you got this two and a half. Yeah, I guess Quinn's is a little worse because it's after the three touchdown game. Yeah, but like. We've also kind of seen, but he's coming off of this two and a half point game. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I just don't see how like one is like way worse than the other. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. It's it's it is it is. Remember remember when you dropped Brandon Cooks and then the Texans fired Bill O'Brien and, and then, literally and the, the next the, game the next like hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, <laughs> that pissed me off so much because he literally put up a donut in week four. We we thought he was washed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 read his uh, last rights on the podcast that, <laughs> the week before. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a tough one. This is maybe this is why I I, I skipped this one because like I had I had a hard time uh, deciding. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna leave it up to you, Ivan. I'm t- I'm taking Quinn Robertonian still. I I just think yeah, it, it's a little worse than Tim's for me just because Quinn had more evidence. Uh, you know, plus Quinn as the tight end whisperer has the burden of responsibility to make big tight end decisions, and he just didn't come through in this situation. I like so. that. That that sold me on it. As as the as the self proclaimed tight end whisperer, you have to face the music once in a while. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, we got three awards left. Uh, our first one is the Mr. December Award. You kind of alluded to like a playoff MVP award before. This is basically that. Uh, we're talking weeks 13 through 16, the end of the fantasy season. They were in December this year. Well, so, Evan, we got like regular season MVP. Mm-hmm. We got playoff MVP. And we got like finals, you know, like Super mm-hmm. Bowl MVP. Yeah, yeah, these, yeah. Are all, these are all different, you know, just, just – yeah. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not, they're not substantively different, but they are, they are, they are different. Uh, okay, so our nominees for Mr. December Award, uh, guys who really turned it on in the last four weeks, were Darren Waller, Stefan Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, and David Montgomery. Uh, man, all of these guys had great playoffs, uh, so what is your pick here, Ben? Um, my, so wait, do we, do we read off the nominees? Yeah, I read them off. Oh, sorry, I just kind of blanked. Um, my pick for Mr. December is, uh, David Montgomery, um, weeks 13 through 16, 23, 21, 28, 18. Yeah. I like that you included week 13 in here because like, that's the last week of the regular season. It was also in December this year. In December, yeah. (laughs) Um, so I, I was pretty hard on Ethan's team this year. (laughs) Um, in, in certain moments, I think it was fair in other moments. I was probably being too hard on Ethan. Yeah. Um, David Montgomery. And I, and I remember, so Evan listed all these nominees and I remember seeing T.Y. Hilton and I was like, didn't Ethan have some other guys that really went off like late in the game? And uh, Allen Robinson kind of just had like normal wide receiver, but like David Montgomery, like, I don't remember why I didn't put, you were the one who added Montgomery. Yeah. I added. I don't remember why I didn't put him on this nominee list. I, I probably just didn't think of him, I guess. It was a massive oversight. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I added David Montgomery. Um, I think that was, that was a good little tip of the cap, Evan. I think, I think you wanted me to see the light with Ethan's team, uh, when it came, when it, he, he's very, David Montgomery, and this is not tongue in cheek at all. 
uh, I've, I've also been a little tongue-in-cheek complimentary towards Ethan this year, which is, <laughs> like, I've been both, like, an asshole to Ethan's team, and I've been, like, tongue-in-cheek complimentary. Yeah. So I wanted to be clear, like, David Montgomery deserves this award. Uh, he pretty much carried Ethan uh, almost to the Schaefer Bowl championship game. Um, got him that coveted third-place title. Yeah. Um, I mean, 23-21, like, yeah. that's, that's solid. So that's... that's that's my pick. Okay, so I, I was I was initially gonna pick Alvin Kamara, and I think I think I've actually come around. I'm gonna take Montgomery too, and we'll agree on that. So my, my thought process was for Alvin Kamara was basically just he scored 53 points in week 16, uh, yeah. <laughs> like like probably literally the best uh, fantasy performance of all time when you consider where it happened in the season. But then I'm thinking about it a little more. It's like that game didn't matter in our league at all, right? right. Like Tony Tony wasn't uh, playing Alvin Kamara in week 16 because Tony wasn't playing. Uh, and before that, Kamara hadn't really been that good. He had 16, 15, and 15 and uh, three weeks before that. So, you know, good, but not crazy. Um, and, yeah, so I think David Montgomery deserves some praise for, you know, helping carry a team to the semis um, and, you know, winning the third-place game and, you know, just putting up some very strong performances week after week instead of just the one-week thing that was out in Kamara. So. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Kamara because I – I do acknowledge, like, I, I had the exact same, when I, I mean, obviously you see 53 week 16, you're like, it's got to be Camara, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, Tony wasn't playing for anything. Yeah, you right. know, he wasn't in the playoff. playing at all. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so it's like, um, like, Camara could have scored, like, if, if um, Alvin Camara was on a, a roster playing in the Schaefer Bowl in the championship game, he could have scored 5-5-5, five, 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 53, yeah. and, and you still give it to him, uh-huh. right? But I think a lot of it has to do with, like, you know, you're, you, 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 can't, you can't win playoff MVP if you're not in the playoffs mm-hmm. kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I think that's why it kind of loses its luster a little bit. Yeah, definitely. All right, two more awards. Uh, we've got the Eternal Life Award. Uh, ben, you put this on here, so maybe, maybe you should uh, sum up what, what your thought process was with this one. Yeah, so I, I wanted to, to have an Eternal Life Award essentially to – Shout out Frank Gore. Uh, <laughs> like, so, so the nominees for this thing are... So T.Y. Hilton, uh, we were so convinced that yeah. T.Y. Hilton was washed. Like, that was, like, the easiest take. Like, when you got to, like, week 12, that was, like, the easy... He had, like, what? Like, one game over four points. Yeah, right. Like, the whole year. So... It's kind of funny because the Eternal Life Award is kind of two-pronged. Like, for the nominees for T.Y. Hilton he was resurrected from the dead for Frank Gore. It's that he was never dead at all. Um, drank from the abandonment of eternal youth. Evan, you threw in Marvin Jones here kind of just as like a filler. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to point out that Marvin Jones finished as wide receiver 15 and, and everyone totally wrote him off basically the entire year. Like until right now, I was not aware of that at all. <laughs> uh, so like, you know, he came on strong when Galladay was out at the end of the year and it feels like every year we say, Marvin Jones, like, is this the year that he finally doesn't do this? Like, he always is under the radar. He's always their second best receiver. And he always winds up as, like, a wide receiver, too. Even this year, when nobody noticed him the entire year. Uh, so I just want to shout out Marvin Jones as well. And he's 30, so he can officially qualify for these uh, old guy awards. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. So T.Y. Hilton also, like, kind of cares. So Ethan picked up if we had had a free agent pickup award it'd be James Robinson or T.Y. Hilton uh because T.Y. Hilton like I I remember when he had that big week in like week 12 or 13 or whatever it was 
And I was like, this guy can fuck off. Yeah. Like, I wasn't going to put in a waiver claim for him. But to Ethan's credit, he put a speculative flyer in on, yeah, on well, TY and, um, and picked him up. So I, 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 like, I just wanted to kind of – this was more just like a miscellaneous shout-out award. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also just want to shout-out Frank Gore because, like, we poop on Frank Gore a lot. Like, oh, this guy's not that good. Like, which, like, he's not. But um, he's also – this is also partially, like – Quinn won the uh, Quinn won Schaefer Bowl this year, and everyone knows that Quinn loves Frank Gore, even though he wasn't like on his roster. And it's more like a you know good night, sweet prince kind of yeah. thing. Like, so I'm just reading this off. So Frank Gore, as of yesterday, he has not announced his retirement. But I just want to like put in a shout for Frank Gore. Like 16 seasons in the NFL, he was yeah. the he was the 2005 draft. 2005, guys. The average NFL career for a running back is, is what, like three years? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's not very long. Uh, Frank Gore was drafted in the third round of the 2005 NFL draft. Uh, for, for context, I was in fourth grade during the 2005 NFL draft at Forest Hills Elementary School. That is pretty uh, insane. 37. Dude. Like, he tore his ACL once in college or maybe twice in college. Uh, like, so to have the longevity that Frank Gore has had, 16 years in the NFL, 16,000 rushing yards, um, he's played more games than any running back in NFL history, um... The, he somehow convinced the Jets to give him, like, 12 carries a game this season, which is pretty great. He's, on his final carry, on his final carry in week 16, Gore broke 16,000 career rushing yards. That's pretty cool. Uh, he's the third leading rusher in NFL history behind Emmett Smith and Walter Payton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, he's he's never been like a Gorp and, and Gore played fifteen games this year. He only he missed yeah. the last game. He he had a bruised lung, whatever that is. <laughs> um, um. He's he he's quoted as saying, "I'm not gonna lie. I had a great time, even though we didn't win." That's a great. That's a great soundbite. A bruised lung. Um, uh, I will note like, that. So this this guy is unbelievable. Frank Gore Jr. is eligible for the NFL draft in twenty twenty three. So can we get three more years from Frank Gore and he can overlap with his son? Oh, where's his son? He put, his son plays college like somewhere, right? Yeah, I don't even. Isn't know. it somewhere kind of scrappy? It probably is. Southern Miss. Oh, yeah. not that scrappy. Yeah, not that scrappy for sure. Um. Yeah, what is going on with uh, Frank Gore Jr.? He's 5'8", 165. <laughs> He's like, <my> <laughs> oh, I love it. 165? Yeah. Man, that's like nothing. Good luck. He's probably like a scat back or some shit like that. He was pretty good this year. Uh, so he, he's a freshman in college this year. He uh, had 700 rushing yards for a Southern Miss. Uh, six yards per carry. He also had uh, 10 catches. So he might be good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so... Frank Gore is a five-time Pro Bowler. First time, first Pro Bowl was in two thousand six. Uh, last one was in twenty thirteen. So, so Frank Gore made it to five Pro Bowls as a running back, and the last one was multiple years before we started this league. Uh, he he was he's still here, and he was a uh, he made the NFL twenty tens All Decade team. <laughs> we are no longer in the twenty tens. Um. BCS national champion in two thousand one. He won a BCS national championship at the at the University of Miami in two thousand one. 
All right, yeah. So I think I think oh this one gosh. is clear. We're, we're giving this one to, to Frank Gore. He's gonna win this until he retires. So God, that was like Frank Gore won a national championship at Miami like three months after nine eleven happened. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, man! Like yeah. this is insane. And like career four point three yards per carry. Like that's not that bad. Don't you want like four and a half? Like who cares? It's sixteen thousand yards. Like yeah, yeah. This is. I just so this was like way too long of a diatribe for Frank Gore, but like, I think he deserves it. I think yeah. I think we need to really appreciate this man. Um, this bit on Frank Gore is as long lasting as Frank Gore, you know. Yeah. It's fitting. All right, our final award in kind of a similar vein uh, is just our in memoriam section where we just say goodbye to uh, to three fantasy guys that you know we probably just won't be thinking about too much from here on out. Yeah, it's because this is kind of akin to the Oscars. Yeah, and they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, in in that case, people actually died, and and as far as we know, no active NFL players have died this year. Um, so that's good. If I if I had been prepared, I would have played that music yeah. during this. That, that would have been, been fu- pretty funny. That would have been funny, but yeah, whatever. This is a low production podcast. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so so let's just go and talk about these guys one by one. I guess there are only three of them. Uh, first one, Zach Ertz. Man, pour one out. Yeah, I mean. It's funny because, like, Zach Ertz came into this year. He was still in that upper tier, that upper, like, four or five tight ends of guys who were going to go fairly early in drafts. And and now, like, I don't think he's going to get – well, he's probably done with the Eagles, so that's a big thing. But, you know, he's probably not going to get drafted in fantasy next year. I would, be, I would be surprised if he does. 335 yards and one TD for Zach Ertz. So, poor one out for him. Uh, I, I just remember being so shocked. I just, like, didn't see this coming. From Zacherts, like, at all. He, yeah, I mean, he was pretty good last year. I think there were definitely some rumblings in the preseason, people being like, oh, like, Goddard's going to overtake him at some point. Maybe it happens this year. So people were kind of thinking, like, oh, maybe this could happen. But, like, nobody nobody was like, yeah, he's totally washed. Like, he's definitely not going to be good this year, you know. People were still drafting him. He got drafted in the fourth round. So. I, he was probably the third tight end off the board. Like, I can't. Uh, or Andrew, fourth, Andrew, Andrews. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but, yeah, I... God, this 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 game log is just nuts, man. It's he he had one game over seven points this year. Yeah, and it was week right. one. It was, he, he had, and that's just because he got a touchdown. Yeah, like yeah. he only had one touchdown this year. Yeah, and it was week one. Um, yeah, and obviously he missed a bunch of time with injuries, but that's gonna but, happen. But not even, but not even go. that much time. He yeah. missed. He missed one, two. He missed five games, which like yeah, he came a, back and did nothing. It's a good chunk, but. Yeah. It's not enough that you can write it off due to injury. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, should we move on to the next one? Yeah. Uh, Matt Breida. This one is, like, slightly less shocking because Matt Breida, like... Yeah, was, Matt Breida was never really that relevant. <laughs> but I remember there, there was, like, a narrative. I, I was definitely, like, thinking about Matt Breida, like, late in the draft as, like, a guy. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the Miami backfield was, like, pretty wide open. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he went in the seventh round, uh, as, as we mentioned in our worst draft pick. Uh, yeah, he had 254 rushing yards and no touchdowns and was benched for Miles Gaskin, who, like, nobody knew who he was coming into the season. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's rough for Breida. I mean, because, yeah, he was in that 49ers mix. And as it turns out, like, being on the 49ers makes you look pretty good. Yeah. Running back. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, that's the big lesson here is that when a guy, like, if, uh, if, like, uh, Raheem Mostert gets, like, a big contract from someone. Yeah. Like. Uh, didn't, didn't Miami pay a bunch of money to some other running back? 
Oh, Jordan Howard. Yeah, but, Jordan but, Howard. but Jordan Howard was already. Washed. He should be on. He should. Yeah, he should maybe be on this list though because he's not that old. But uh, wouldn't he? Would like? Wouldn't he have been on this list last year? He like, might have been. Like, yeah. You know. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to remember like he probably would what the timeline is for Jordan Howard because. They cut Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan, uh, Jordan Howard was a healthy Jordan scratch. Jordan Howard had 35 rushing attempts for 60 yards this season. <laughs> Less than two yards per carry. It's not, it's not good. It's definitely not good. All right, so, I mean, if it wasn't over for Jordan Howard last year, like, it's definitely over for Jordan Howard now. It is, it is. Yeah, so pour one out for every running back who's ever played for the Dolphins, except Miles Gaskin. Uh all right, our our last guy in memoriam, rest in peace, AJ Green. I think I think the ship has finally sailed. He had about five hundred yards this year, two touchdowns. He had a couple like okay games scattered throughout, but this is rough to see. I mean, because he was healthy pretty much the whole year. He had he had so many games with zero catches. Yeah, he had wow five games that he got a target in and did not have a catch. That's, that's and when, so, so bad. Something that's important here is when did Burrow get hurt? It was like week uh, 11? Yeah, something like that. So after that, he was, he was very bad. But he uh, was bad before that, too. Right, no, so that's the thing <laughs> is that he had some bad games yeah. with Joe Burrow. Oof. It's rough. It's rough. And, you know, he's only the, th- the third wide receiver on his own team now with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins being in front of him, too. And... and just like an incredibly inefficient year because he was getting targets the whole time. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious if the Bengals, because they say wide receiver is pretty deep in this draft um, this year. I'm just curious what kind of draft capital they put into T. Higgins. Oh, he, he was 33rd. He 30, yeah. He was a pretty high pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they'll need another one because Higgins and Boyd is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's top two. So um, I do kind of wonder where A.J. Huh. Green's going to wind up. Tyler Boyd was born one day before me. Fun fact. Nice. That's kind of interesting. But Tyler Bord was a second round pick too. That's yeah. All right. So poor one out for AJ Green. Uh, yeah. That so the thing with AJ Green and Matt Breida is that with those two guys, I feel like the writing was kind of on the wall. Yeah. A little so the bit thing with Green, it was like people always said like, oh, if he can just stay healthy, he'll go back to being AJ Green. And then this year he was pretty much healthy the whole year, and he just didn't. So yeah. Kind so of a a, AJ Green was. It's it's kind of funny. AJ Green and Matt Breida went back to back. Yeah. In, our, in our draft this year, uh, AJ Green was the last pick in the sixth round. Brita was the wait to the same. Oh yeah, so Quinn so took both so Quinn took both and then won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Quinn picked Zach Ertz too. Quinn picked Zach Ertz and in the fourth. Traded him or something. Yeah. Wow. Um, Quinn, how did you do it? <laughs> and pick Cor- so Cortland Sutton wasn't a bad pick, but Cortland Sutton got hurt. Wow. Yeah. How did Quinn win this? Miles Gaskin, so, so, maybe. So, so Quinn, fourth round, Zach Ertz. It's funny. Washed. So Quinn, fifth round, Colin Sutton, like, tore his whatever halfway through the year. And then A.J. Green, sixth round, Matt Pierre. Literally, the three guys that are nominated for the In Memoriam slash Washed <laughs> Award, all three of them Quinn drafted. <laughs> like, uh, Quinn is going to win this award by default if it, like, was uh, attributed to a manager. Um, That's incredible. So let's think back to our very first episode. As as we're close to wrapping up our last episode of the season, I I said Quinn is gonna Quinn is one of the best teams in the league because he has Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Mahomes. And I don't care who else is on the team. And as it turns out, none of those other guys were relevant at all. <laughs> he won the championship. So where to go, Quinn? As it turns out, having really good players in your team is good, even when one of them doesn't play most of the season. So. Man. Yeah, what a weird, weird so, year. So who's so who so who's winning this? Uh, in memorial. Is this you can't win in memorial. You need to say their name. 
What if the Oscars? What if the Oscars? <laughs> <laughs> who is the dead person we liked the most? <laughs> That's fair. I didn't really uh, think about that. But I, I, I do think that like Zach Ertz was the most shocking, like just complete yeah. free fall. Yeah, the one you saw coming the least for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Oscars. Who is the most shocking death? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think I think that'll about do it for us for the year. Uh, thanks as always to everyone who who listens. Uh, thanks to the guys who go and listen as well for at least uh, you know playing fantasy with us. So it was a good year, Ben. Year two of uh, hype train. Year six of Schaefer Bowl. This was, was fun. Yeah, no, I can't believe we're already at we're already at the end. The whole hypeies. Yeah. Post uh, post championship. Can't wait for the uh, the owners meeting on uh, Saturday night. Gonna be good to hear the boys voices and see their digital faces yeah um, i'm sure we'll spend three hours yelling at each other so it'll be good it'll be good all right uh, well, well we'll be back uh we'll be back maybe in april whenever the draft is who knows or uh, sooner uh, probably when the draft is <laughs> all right. i thought we were gonna monetize that is that how we monetize by just having more random ass episodes yes love it all right. Anyway, all right. Well, we're signing off. 2020 Schaefer Bowl in the books. Congrats to Quinn, our champion. Um, yeah. Peace and love. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose.